0: one life. I have to be honest, by the well, during Sunday school, I was starting to get a little bit nervous. started stepping on my topic. This is kind of a, how would I describe this? It is somewhat expository because I'm dealing with a large-ish portion of scripture. But I'm going to skip over the verses that don't, Directly correlate to the topic, if that makes sense. So it's a topically expository message. <laughs> I had to think through that before I said it. Um, let's take a look at First John. First John. First John, and we're going to look a little bit at the background. We're going to our text is primarily going to come from chapters three and four, Um, but we will take a look at the background, what what he's talking about in chapters one and two, and it's it's interesting how well it correlates back to the book of John, particularly chapter fifteen. The title for this, and my topic, I guess, for today is Loving One Another. Loving One Another. And uh, it kind of dawned on me that love and preaching on love is kind of like preaching on the Holy Spirit. Nobody wants to do it because it's been so twisted, so misused by other people. Um, So I'm not going to preach directly on love, but loving one another in, in the context here. Um... Let's see. Where was my main verse? All right. Um, the main verse, I guess, for this right here is going to be in 1 John 4, verse 7. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Uh, verse 8. It says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And verse 9 says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. And then down in verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we can spend in your house, and I pray that you would Teach us through your word today how to love each other, how to love one another, how to love our, our uh, brothers in Christ. And, uh, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I, I have about three de- different definitions here for love. First one I got from the Webster's 1828. Um, in a general sense, to be pleased with, to regard with affection, on account of some qualities which excite pleasing sensations or desire of gratification. i give several examples after that. Uh, and Then I went to dictionary.com, probably one of the most common sources for modern English, if you will, maybe. Um, a profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person, a feeling of warm personal attachment or deep affection as for a parent, child, or friend. Um, and then I actually went to the Greek lexicon, had to. Um, especially, uh, love, especially as an attitude of appreciation resulting from a conscious evaluation and choice, uh, use of divine and human love and devotion. It can also be used as brotherly love, affection, goodwill, love and benevolence, as Pastor Russ mentioned on Thursday night. I and mean, we see just from the difference between the Webster's 1828 and the dictionary.com that's up to date today, there is a difference. We, we have a tendency to emphasize more of the the emotional passion, I guess if you want to call it that, passionate affection. Um, but the, the love is just in a general sense to be pleased with or to regard with affection, just regard favorably. Um, and then, so, loving one another. Um, I've got a few points here. And the first one that I see here is the responsibility to love. The responsibility to love. Um, so actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. And leading up to this, John is talking about, and, and if you go back to chapter 1, chapters one two um, he's talking about in chapter one having fellowship with christ um, how to have fellowship with christ um, how to maintain fellowship in chapter two he talks about having us having an advocate with the father down in in chapter fi- or verse 15 of chapter two he says love not the world neither the things that are in the world so being having fellowship with God, staying separate from the world. And then in verse 28 of chapter 2, and Now little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. There's the idea of abiding in Christ, abiding in him, um, that is extensively discussed or is extensively taught on by Jesus in John 15. Um, Then in chapter 3, verse 1, talks about the love of the Father. And then verse 6, talks about abiding in Christ again. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Um, And then we get down to verse 11. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and because his brother is righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. And so here we see a responsibility to love. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Jesus said that while he was here uh, on this earth, and he taught that. Um, and he even gives the example right here, not as Cain. I mean, we know the, the example, the story of Cain and Abel. And um, Cain decided he could worship God his own way. And God said, no, you can't. And when that fellowship was broken, instead of repenting, Cain got mad and killed his brother. So we see the example of Cain and Abel there in verse twelve, and then in verse thirteen he says, "Marvel not, my brother, and if the world hate you, hate for one another is really a worldly trait." I mean, you look at all the, the supposed hate, you know, hate speech, as it's as it's defined in our day. Is it really hate speech, or is it just? The difference between ideas and people, um, we're to love people but hate sin. And a lot of times, worldly people don't see the difference there. Um, Then we see down in verse 16, hereby we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We see the example of God's love to us. And that's kind of the transition into my second point, talking about the demonstration of love. The demonstration of love. Um, verses 16 through 21 here. Hereby we perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren uh, through sacrifice. That's one way that we can demonstrate love. Um, John 15. Uh, John 15, verses 12 through 14. So this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. We are to love one another and One of the ways is through sacrifice. Um, Then verse 17, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? See, here through giving, um, through giving to a brother in need. And, you know, I understand there's drive up to a stoplight, and there's a beggar standing there with a sign, and who knows whether or not they're legitimate. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about a genuine brother in need. You know, I've heard people say, you know, that guy would give you the shirt off his back, and that's what it means to be willing to give to someone who truly needs it, who is truly in a bad situation. Um, last night we were watching a little bit of the NFL honors, and the probably the biggest award of the year, um, as I've heard from. as I I see it from different players, the biggest award to get at the NFL Honors isn't the MVP award. It's the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Um, And the the interesting thing is it it takes his character on the field and off the field. This year they they highlighted a few good causes, but the the one who won, and I don't think there was any doubt that he would, was J.J. Watt. If you're familiar with Hurricane Harvey... When that wiped out Houston, he said, I'm going to put $100,000 down, and my goal is $200,000. Well, $37 million later, through giving. That's, that's a worldly example to this spiritual principle. Um, he had a small goal. He gave what he thought would help, and now they're helping uh, completely tear down houses that were destroyed and, and rebuild them and have put several people back in their homes um, who otherwise would have lost everything through giving. Then we see in verse 18, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Um, If I can use another cliche, talk is cheap. Um, I mean, Jacqueline, do you think Nathan loves you just because he tells you that? If I had to guess, and I I won't put you on the spot, but my guess would be he has demonstrated in some way through his deeds that he loves you. I love my wife. I tell her that I love her. And I do things for her. I helped hang a wall. Not a wall. (laughs) Basically, um, rearranged things on a wall between 9 and 11 o'clock at night about a week ago. I don't enjoy necessarily doing that, but I enjoy making her happy. I enjoy doing deeds that show her that I love her. Um, but notice it says deeds and truth. Um, We see that Ephesians five or four fifteen. Ephesians four fifteen, where Paul says here, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ. Speaking the truth in love, this idea of you know what the truth is more important. More important um, than our heart. Truth here is you know, deed and truth. It's more important than what we say. And it kinda works in the same same vein as, you know, faith and works in, in the book of James. Showing love is more important than just saying it. Uh, Works are the evidence of the words. So, there we see the demonstration of love. Thirdly, we'll see the origin of our love. And here we're going to skip down a little bit to chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. In the first three verses of chapter 4, he's dealing with Um, false prophets, and recognizing whether or not a spirit is of God or not. In verse number 4 of chapter 4, he says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit, know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. We see, the origin of our, our love It's pretty simple. It's from God. He's the one, He's the one who If we go back to chapter 3, verse 16, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And um, he also talks about the opposers of love, which they are of the world. It always baffled me how influential these actors in Hollywood and worldly people are in the world. And uh, what have they ever done besides act like somebody who they aren't? And uh, the example came to mind, and I don't agree with everything that Tim Tebow did. And I'm not saying that he would still be playing football today if he didn't stand up for truth because there were some football issues aside. But I don't think he was given a fair shake because of being outspoken for Jesus Christ. I mean he had John 3:16 under his eyes and he every time he would score he would get down and pray, get down on one knee and pray and they, they they didn't like that. You know, the response of the world can can reveal the character of the person who's being criticized. You know, like I said, I don't agree with everything that he did. I don't agree with him doctrinally on a lot of things, but his outspoken attitude showed the, showed us that the world really hates him. Fourthly, I see here the manifestation of love. Verses 9 through 11. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. We see the manifestation of love in that God sent his son. Um, You know, we can go right back to John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Um, And, Through that, we have life through him. And as it says in Isaiah 53, verse 5, and with his stripes we are healed. And you know, the, the manifestation of love from God necessitates that we turn around and manifest that love to others as well. Then number five, I'm going through these quicker than I thought. Um, the evolution of love. I know we don't like that word evolution. The word here used here in verse 12 is is perfected. So you can use the word perfecting if you would prefer that, but really it is a an evolution. It changes, it grows, constantly changing and improving. Um, Verse 12, no man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. We see here that God wants us to constantly be improving, growing, evolving, if you want to call it that. Um, Perfecting is really the the Bible word here. Um, In verse 17, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness, there's that boldness, Brother Hoyle, in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Because we're not of the world, but we're in the world, Holy Spirit that's in us, we are to be perfected by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. And how do we do that? I mean, if we're grieving the Spirit, then we're not. Um, we see in verse 18 here there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And, um, And we see in verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. That's ultimately the question, the answer to the question, you know, why should we? Well, first we were commanded to, but we love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can, how can he love God whom he hath not, not seen? Uh, in this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. So that's my challenge to us today. And to constantly be growing in this love one for another. I, I know that, not to pick on too many people, but you know Bradley and Amber are about to get married and they're going to say this. How you express your love one for another will change over time. That's not a bad thing. Um, It's a very good thing. Because you learn um, you learn that it's not always about the emotions. When we were in college, Melinda and I used to sit on in the um, courtyard at Ambassador and I would just be content to sit there and stare into her eyes and (laughs) we'd talk occasionally. (laughs) That was usually during the days that I worked long hours and didn't have enough brain power at that point to (laughs) say anything coherent. But in case you haven't noticed, we don't really do that as much anymore. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, loving one another, and that it doesn't—it's not just applicable to couples. It's applicable to those around you, to family, to church family, brothers in Christ, and. the thrust of the message today is that showing love one toward another first of all is commanded by God and for two that's how we stay right with God also Um, because showing love one toward another is how we how we express how how we show to others the love of God how we can witness to those around us. So that's, that's my, my challenge to all of us today. Is your love growing one for another within, within, the, within this church, within your family? And um, if not, I w- would strongly encourage you to read through this book, book of 1 John, and revisit these, these truths and make an effort to refocus and to to work on loving one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've been able to spend in your word. I pray that you would speak to hearts and uh, pray that you would be with the service this evening as well and the nursing home service this afternoon. In Jesus' name.